0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to At the Corner with Imperfect Life, the podcast showcasing extraordinary, ordinary women and discussing the issues and topics that intersect with our lives. I'm your host, Katie Capoza. And for today's episode, we find ourselves at the corner of grateful and nuanced as we dive into today's topic about female friendships. But before we dive into the conversation, I have an important announcement to share with our listeners. As you know, my co-host Mila stepped aside to focus on her own self-care and we miss her greatly and we hope she's doing well, but I was feeling kind of lonely. So I reached out to someone who's been on the podcast a few times now to see if she'd like to come on and join me as co-host and gratefully she said, yes, we See? So today I'd like to formally bring on Laura Tyler as co-host of At The Corner with Imperfect Life. Yay! Laura, welcome officially. I'm so excited to have you join me on the podcast. Katie, I'm pretty excited myself. And I, I think it's just
1: perfect that I'm joining you on Female Friendships. I value yours and was uh, the number one reason why I said, absolutely, I'd be thrilled to join you. Uh, we've always had great conversation. I look forward to new topics, new friends, new adventures. So thanks very much for inviting me. And I am thrilled that I will be here. with I'm so
0: psyched. And all of the listeners, you are in for a good treat having Laura as my co-host. So we'll be fun and chaotic will ensue uh, uh, something to live up to exactly exactly, <laughs> exactly we also have cause to celebrate because the podcast has now been downloaded over a thousand times which probably, <laughs> i know i'm excited it's probably small for some people but for me hey, it was pretty cool hmm. small number but a big milestone for us so laura i'm so excited that this is the episode that you came on as co-host as you said speaking of female friendships because you and i have been friends for over 20 years
1: Yes, we absolutely have. And longtime friends are the best kind of friends. So for this conversation, we've invited a mutual friend to join us. Our very dear friend, Maureen Gigan. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, 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 whoop. The three of us have been friends for quite a while. We're excited to have her join us. Maureen, can you do a quick introduction to our listeners so they can get to know you?
2: Sure. Uh, my name's Maureen Geegan. I know Katie and Laura through a workplace. We met. I actually knew Katie's husband before I knew her, but we all met. I think I met everybody, both of you, around the same time. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, went, yeah. And then then got roped into these friendship with these lovely women. I currently live in Central Florida. I my one and only responsibility in life is to keep my dog. Uh, around as much as possible. i love to hike. That's about everything.
0: Yes, and hopefully one of those hikes will take place in the Pacific Northwest later right. this year when I actually can hike it with you. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I tell you what, it took
1: me a long time to get to the Pacific Northwest. And I will tell you, Maureen, you will love it. You are an outside person and it is custom made for you. You're going to be excited to be there. So I'm really glad to have you here, and we are exploring the topic of female friendships. So we thought we'd tackle it in a few ways. First, how our friendships need change and shift over our life stages. Second, some of the nuances in cultivating and terminating friendships. Yikes.
0: And lastly, how we have benefited from these friendships. So first let's just briefly talk about the fact that not only do female friendships provide a social and support element to our lives, studies show that when we are doing whatever us girlfriends do together, I know the mysteries and intrigue of what we do when we come together, our bodies produce oxytocin, the love hormone. and I say <laughs> I don't know anyways, the love hormone. Low levels of oxytocin have been connected with depression and anxiety. And unlike partners, parents, and children, who can often be the cause of anxiety, despite how much we may or may not love them, our friends consistently elicit that warm glow which feels good and soothes anxiety. A Swedish study even found that people with broad networks of friends were the lowest risk group for dementia.
1: Also, according to research out of UCLA, women more reliably turn to their social contacts in times of stress, responses that are protective of health and longevity the fact that men may be somewhat more likely to cope with stress via fight or flight and women to cope with stress via tend and befriend may help to explain the worldwide gender gap in mortality so female friendships are not only socially beneficial but they have a correlation to our health benefits so we're all women in our 50s (laughs) we've had our share of friends come and go in our lives so let's
2: start there Sorry, one of us is not quite 50. Uh, (laughs) Well, our over 50
0: evens out you're under 50. There you go. She's not quite ready to jump into that just yet. Sorry, we took you with us. I gave you some of my years. Did you not know that? (laughs) I'm willing to give up
1: a couple of mine anyway. We've had friendships that have endured time. And some of those friendships are time bound because we need different people at different times in our lives. So let's start there. I'm curious. So do either of you have female friends that you've had in your life since you were a little girl? Maureen.
2: I actually don't. When did your first friendship start, really? Do you remember? My my very first friendship, or the one you still have, the one who's continued on. Yeah. So in the late nineties, I think, again through the workplace. Mm-hmm. How about you, Katie?
0: I so I I think so. I don't have elementary school friends. I know people who still have that, but I do have. I have. Individuals that I keep in touch with that are from—actually, that is a lie. I do still have elementary school friend, but they're—they're checking on the birthday, holiday kind of friends. They're Facebook friends, yeah. But I do have one friend who's from like junior high. Is probably when we started being friends, and we're super close. Like she's in my top five people to call when I—I need. To rely on somebody, and which is strange because I know we'll talk about this. I, up until probably late in college, it, my closest friends were guys, not necessarily girls um, or women. So, I actually think that friendship's pretty special, especially because that wasn't really my go to groups. I hate high school and all that to me. Like the movie Mean Girls, I was damn, I live that. So One, I have one from when I was very young, but I would say my closest friendships are probably individuals to what Maureen said from folks like from the nineties because I got into my later twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Can I ask you? So the friendship that you have, that's still from that, from when you were younger school age, is it somebody you expected to still be your friend? I
0: think, you know, what so it was interesting. So pre-social media, right? Everybody went their own direction. So we did kind of lose touch because it wasn't a very good letter writer. And I moved away from home quite early. But as soon as social media came into our world, like her and I were back connected pretty quickly. And I don't think that surprised me actually, because... We are two ridiculous goofballs when we're together. And I think the thing is that it, the last trip I took before all the COVID shutdowns was her and I finally getting together in person again, after years and years of trying to coordinate that. And her and I went uh, to Key West and it was like, we were still in high school. Like it was funny. So I don't know. I think I would have said, I didn't expect that because who knew social media was on the horizon when we were, you just figure you, you like, if you're going to leave town, if you're going to leave home, you're probably leaving a lot of your friendships behind. While I can curse social media in a lot of ways, I guess I have social media to thank for recultivating that friendship. So yeah. I always
1: wonder the friendships that you make that early in your life, if you reconnect Do you oftentimes think that person still sees you as that same person? Do you know what I mean? People that you knew in high school, they could be complete screw ups or they were selfish when they were in high school and now they're grown up. They have lives and and relationships that are very different. Are they able to make that jump with you or is it built on who they knew back then? Which leads me to my next question. Is there a difference between the type of female friendships that you built in your twenties and the friendships that you build and maintain today?
0: Yes, definitely. Go for it, Maureen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I would was, was say yes as well. I think I, I think there are friendships that can mature with you if they're the right person to mature with you. And then there are just friendships that you find when you are mature that are just different mm-hmm.
0: yeah yes i agree and well and i was thinking about your earlier question laura like about the do people just think of you in the context of who you were when you were in high school Yeah, and i think maureen your answer is it i think i think if you've grown I'm not going to say in similar ways, but you've grown in life experiences in a way that has allowed you to be able to see people in that way. Or I don't know. See, I don't want to, I moved out. So I don't want to say, is it easier to shift that context when you've pulled yourself out of the environment versus if you're all in the environment, then you just continually see each other in that context. And it's hard to grow a different personality or shake some of that because her and I have very different worlds. She, she's a mother of four and she stopped working in order to take care of her children. And she's quite devout in her faith and her practice. Like we seriously could not be bigger opposites in a lot of ways, but, but it actually helps us be each other sounding board in some ways, because I don't, I'm like, I'm not a mom. I I'm not going to give you mom advice. <laughs> Or, but I'm here for you for other things. I think we leverage each other in different ways, but, but, but yeah, my, the friends I'm looking for now are definitely different than. I was yeah, you know. definitely. Yeah. I definitely think as I've
1: gotten older, I want different things from friendships than I certainly wanted in my twenties. One of the things that I think different female friendships change is. When you're in your 20s, those are more about who can I call to hang? I just want to have a great time and hang out. And when the night is over, I go my way, they go theirs. But as I've gotten older and life has become more complicated, ironically, I think female friendships for me have gotten simpler. Who do I trust? Who do I believe? Who, who can I turn to for maybe the truth? Sense. I can reach out and ask really good, deep questions, but I don't need to see or speak to them every day. And I think when you're in your 20s, if you don't talk to somebody over three or four days, you're, or maybe it's your teens, you start to think, do they not like me anymore? You're, it's not built on a, a sturdy foundation
2: or yeah, as think, sturdy. I think also in your 20s, we'll say late teens and 20s you're still in the mindset sometimes of being able just to walk up to somebody and say, I like you, let's be friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where when you get older, I think people could still say that, but it's not, I think the reaction would be much different. But if, if I walked up to somebody in my age group right now and said, hey, I like you, let's be friends. It would be a much different reaction than in my 20s. Where I feel I like I have to somebody.
0: broker them. Because yeah. what you're saying is as I, because what I started moving a lot geographically in my what, late 30s, early 40s, and then kept bouncing around. And every new location, I said this on another podcast, I felt like I had to go, hi, like your first day of kindergarten, hi, will you be my friend? Yeah. But that's just yeah. so unnatural at, at, from right. an adult perspective. I, You know what I think for me, I, I've become clearer on what I want around me. <laughs> Agreed. Well,
2: yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: So,
2: or more more specifically, what I don't want around yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, I'm not willing to spend any energy or time on that kind of dynamic. And really, right. like, like, high drama. I have no time for high drama. I, and not that I, I guess it's not that I have time. I just... It's just not where I want to spend my energy. Maybe I had too much of it in my twenties. I don't know. But now that I'm in my fifties, I just don't want drama.
1: One of the things I think um, Maureen said that touches with me is the fact that it is harder now to just walk up to somebody and say, do you want to be friends? Because in our teens and twenties, we were constantly thrown into circumstances together. You went to school together. You hung with the same crowd. You were on teams together. Now, even though we work together, we only spend a limited amount of time on personal things and getting to know somebody. So you have to make extra effort. And so you ask yourself, is that person worthy of the kind of effort that takes to build a friendship and then potentially maintain a friendship? And yes, you're more likely to say, what do I not want in my life? And you immediately see somebody and think, the kind of person I think I do want in my life and how do I approach
0: that and how do I build it? You had mentioned trust, the fact that all three of us connected through work. I'm very specific about who from a work environment is pulled into my social circle versus, and part of that is, can I trust you to see me at my ugliest? And then when we're together in a professional environment, be able to Pull those two apart? And if the answer yeah. to that is no, then uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> yeah, I sadly came to that a little late in life where I'm very
1: outspoken. I'm very, I have very clear opinions on things. And unfortunately, I found later in my life that there were people that I thought I could trust to delineate that. Like, here is me at work and here is me outside. And now with social media, because we're all sharing so much of our personal lives, I have found that I have to start delineating more between who is a work friend and who is a true friend and finding that is necessary for uh, my integrity and my authenticity, and, and but also recognizing my professionalism,
2: separating those, I think. Well, it's part of the reason why I think it takes longer to build friendships as you grow older because you have that filter now, like you have mm-hmm. that filter. To say, okay, I'm going to have to wait and see if this person is really somebody who I can trust and want to spend time with and share my secrets with. Yeah, yeah, I
0: totally agree. And for, you know, listeners that have been on there for a while, it was Mila and I, and we were thrown into that class in Amsterdam, but we sat next to each other on the bus. And it was one of those things that like instantly there was something about her that I was like, Okay. She's my people. And her and I just clicked and navigated through those things. But, and even if I think about in that class, like everybody's all buddies all at once. And slowly that got teased apart to who was actually really part of the circle you wanted to stay connected to yeah. and who were people that you just really enjoyed being around occasionally. But the, um, there is, I think Laura, you were trying to go here earlier on and we might have jumped all over you. (laughs) question, which was like, when did you realize the importance of female friendships? I'm not sure. I know. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I know, but only because of the
1: instances. And I've talked about this in the past on this podcast is the level of change I went through when I decided to end my marriage. And I had been married through my twenties and my thirties. And I worked to my friendships even I was married but it wasn't until it wasn't until I reached a point where I wasn't married anymore who stuck around yeah yeah who stuck around through that time period and who ditched me because they were either in couples or because I needed to find myself I was selfish for a while yeah and I wasn't All about them anymore, or whatever. And they were like, Oh, now you're selfish and I don't want to be your friend. But they didn't give me any time to recalibrate. Yeah. So I realized who my true friends were throughout that process. I recognized how important they were. And so I don't know if it was age or circumstance, but it really happened in my mid to late 40s that I legitimately recognized how
0: impactful
1: female friendships
0: yeah yeah i think like life changes have had me question or review specific friendships in different ways but i think i don't know i still have to think about this maureen do do you have a moment that you're like yes female friendships are important (laughs) Uh,
2: so i will say even to this day it's still easier for me to be friends with men but I think that's because I grew up with three older brothers, so that's the environment yeah. that I know and I understand better than the frenemy type things that happen with a with some female friendships. Well, and yeah. young yeah. friendships, right? Young well, female right. friendships for sure.
0: Oh, trust me, my mom's in a retirement community. It still happens. Yeah, <clears throat>
2: well, maybe they're that. just
0: maybe they're just reverting back to their younger
2: selves. <laughs> I think. The current closest friendship that I have is probably when I knew, like when I realized this is my kindred spirit. So yeah. bringing a term from Anne of Green Gables, this is my kindred spirit and this is my person. Like yeah. this is it. That's your soulmate. And I that's your soulmate. think that's, that's when I knew. So like 15, 20 years ago, <laughs> Yeah. so not so relatively recently, I would say in a scheme of, In the scheme of your life, yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I I think I'm similar. I think it's probably, I think I'm only like in the last five years. (laughs) And I I I think maybe it's because of all the moving around I did. Actually, you know what? I think it's because I'm, I'm, this is, I'm coming to this realization live with you. (laughs) And it's, I think it's because, I think it's, I think it's because of the friendships I've let fizzle. And spin out to acquaintances. I think it created a greater value in the individuals that I wanted to keep near and dear to me because they're important and they're important to me beyond, oh, that's the person I go out with, or that's the person, right? Like it's an importance beyond just activities. It's about, I know I can call these collections of people when I'm at my ugliest or at my lowest and right? Like four, they are friends who are going to say, Hey, you should go out and run a mile. Have you moved lately? <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> they know you and they know that when you're not doing certain things, you are probably likely not your best self. And so yeah. I think I'm going to say it's probably been, and it's probably a little bit of a shakeout of all the moving that I did geographically, but that as I let things fizzle. The ones that were closer, I think just seemed more solidified, but I, I, Maureen, I grew up with a brother, but I don't think it's, I was only one brother. I just think I played sports so much and I liked playing sports with guys because they made me better. (laughs) And so my friends were just naturally guys from that perspective. So I, they were like brothers. So I don't, maybe that was Yeah.
1: I I personally also find really solid friendships with men because of the fact that I can just be who I am. And maybe that goes back to the frenemies that you were talking about. I don't need to to be frenemies with men. I don't need to compete with them for someone else's affections. I don't need to compete with them for, or any of that stuff that unfortunately can really trip up young female friendships. And so I was able to build, I was able to build relationships with men from a, a friendship perspective because I didn't feel like I was being judged as much. Ironically, I know we talk about like men judge women on looks and things like that, but I'm not talking about romantic relationships or relationships where they're trying to build a sexual component yeah. and maybe that goes back to the when harry met sally can can men and women <laughs> be really friends yes they can but but i also think th- the three of us i don't think we're unusual when it comes to when did you realize the importance of free- female friendships i think if you speak to most women I think that they will agree with us. I think you come to the importance of, of female friendships later in life. We should maybe, put
0: that comment to a test. I can put it out on social media. We'll do I a little love poll it. and see what people say, because I am curious. I love that idea.
1: I love that idea. I think that women will say, "We." I, I think people in general will say they come to realize the importance of lots of things as they get older and they change and they figure themselves out because that's when you're starting to find who you are and you start to figure out who your true friends are based on that. I've always compared friendship to a bank account. And I've always said, the more you put in, the more you can take out. And what I mean by that is put in means you put in time, you put in care, you put in effort so that the moments where maybe you're a little more selfish or you're a little more unkind are the times that you're taking out. And if you have a good account built up, you should be able every once in a while to take a little
0: If you have the trust and you know each other, so like Maureen saying, this is the, this is my person. They get me. Yes. When you're being selfish or not yourself then the other individual isn't going what is about me it's about me they're like wait something's wrong with my friend that's right, right. so i think it's a that's different right. conversation from that perspective
2: let me you and they also okay oh, and ahead. they'll also call you out they'll oh yeah call you.
1: that's right but they'll forgive you that's the point that i'm making is they recognize look, this person has built a solid credit line with me, right? If they're a little bit unkind right now, I know this is not their normal thing. They're the person who puts in. If every once in a while they need to take out, that's okay. I'm going to be okay about it. It's not a constant source of withdrawals.
0: It's a lot of deposits. And one friendship in particular, that's exactly why I let it fizzle because I was like, wait way too many. This feels
1: really lopsided. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of withdrawals going on there and that's not good. You got to eventually
0: say this account is empty. Bye. Well, I would the question that we'll put out on the poll about what age did you realize the importance of female friendships. I, I think it's funny because there's all these movies that are out there that are about these young girls that became friends in elementary school and they endured through all these things and they grow up to be these fabulous people. and I'm always weeping during these things. I don't know if I'm weeping because I never had that or
2: what. Maureen, you were gonna say something. I was just although I, I think recently there are several one that I can think of that's come out fairly recently that's not young people and then there's one from like the late 90s early 2000s that's not young friendships but friendships that have been made as adults that have endured that I think probably resonate more with me than those young ones
0: yeah see that's well that's the same for me so that is our segue to this episode's compelling question and so staying true to this theme of female friendships and on this conversation about movies and if for those of you that have listened when Laura has been on in the past we have a great deep love of pop culture as does our friend Maureen and Uh, so our, our question is what film do you think best captures how you view the power of female friendships and I can get us going if we would like I've got a couple in my head the first one which is to what you were saying, Maureen, where the, it was more adult friendships is waiting to exhale. I love those women and they call each other out and they fight, but they stand, and they make up, but they stand by each other.
2: So waiting to exhale I, is one of those. <laughs> can I admit that I've never seen it?
0: Yes, you can admit, but now I'm going to give it to you as homework. But now you got it. <laughs> 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 it's yes it is now your homework. <laughs>
2: All right. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: The one that
1: I know that we share in common Katie and I'm curious about the is always steel magnolias. Right? Yes. To me that is the preeminent exploration of what female friendships look like from different stages of life, right? You have the younger women to women who are middle age to older age, and they're all going through different things, but they are always there for each other. I like that. I love those explorations of life changes. First Wives Club, Fried Green Tomatoes, Divine yeah. secrets of the ya sisterhood. Yeah. Things where women are challenged and who is going to stand for them? Who is going to slap them
2: upside the head?
1: Hit Weezer! <laughs> That's right. I slapped Weeza Boudreaux.
2: Another one that I can think of that it's kind of mixed, but it also is female friendship is reality bite. Yeah, yeah. There right. were male-female friendships in that as well, but I think there are some strong theme friendships. And then one that really always speaks to me probably more for my love of the source material is Jane Austen book club
1: yeah lots of very different women in that uh, movie going through very different things yeah I laugh because I when I said the I slapped Wieser Boudreaux and talking about our, our person I just bought my person a T-shirt that says "I slapped Weezer Boudreaux" and she sent me a picture of she and her mom uh, with her in that shirt with a big ups to me. So I was pretty excited because we definitely share Steel Magnolias as our friendship movie.
0: That's um, awesome. I always the other one I'll throw in there is Mystic Pizza, which I, I it's tough because they're. They're graduating high school, but one of them's on the verge of getting married and one's going to college, one isn't sure and stuff. It is, they're younger as far as the age, but I just, I always love that movie. And then what is the movie? What is the movie that like Melanie Griffith and Rosie O'Donnell? Oh, now and then! Because they had them younger and then they had them older. Yes, now and then. It's one of my favorites. I love that you brought that one up.
1: So right? that, it, that was
0: like the stand by
1: me for, <laughs> for girls and women. And that asked the question, that goes back and to what we were talking about earlier where they still saw each other as those 11 year old girls, but they had changed so much, but their friendship at its core did not, right? They were still there, they were still together.
0: There was, there's a, we'll put the link out um, in the podcast notes and then also share it in, at the corner, the community for Imperfect Life as well as our social media. But a lot of the ones that we were talking about were in there as well. A leak of Their Own was one we didn't mention. I think that's like a bunch of women that got thrown into a situation. A couple that I question, right, is the craft. Like, Like, I'm not sure they were friends more so then a club with a common interest, I don't know. That's your
2: frenemies, right? When you yeah. talk about frenemies, Maureen, the craft
1: yeah. is
0: it,
2: right? I do enjoy that you said club, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: was, it was a witchcraft
2: club, you know? Sure. A, a coven, a coven, but we could also, say.
1: But also, again, that's high school. That relationship was built on competitiveness and uh, a lot of kind of backbiting and so I don't know that it was built on any firm foundation
0: right yeah yeah but there's also so girls trip which I'm gonna be honest like I am not I'm not usually into some of the potty like that's also in bridesmaid and stuff like that but I gotta tell you the scene with Jada when she has to go to the bathroom it's just hilarious anyways I love that. Love anything with Queen Latifah in it. But Ah, there was uh, set it off, right? (laughs) I mean, if you're gonna talk about
1: badass female friendships, set it off. We'll do it for you.
0: Nine to five is in there. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff in here. So we'll put the link out there. Pitch Perfect
2: comes up on there.
0: And the one that I was
2: talking about. Sorry, the one that I was talking about earlier. That's a more recent release. It's again, I love it because of the what brought them all together. But it's just book club. The one yes, with, uh, I love that. Yeah, I love that movie too. I mean, like I, I wasn't too thrilled about the books they chose to read, but true. But
0: so we'll put that out there. It, I was gonna jump in there and say the one that cracked me up that's on the list is Romeo and Michelle's high school <laughs> reunion. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. There's, there's good fun. It's a good, we'll put it out there. So if you're looking for some female friendship, uh, movie watching for an afternoon, it'll give you some tips from there, but thank you for the two of you. It was a good trip down memory lane as well with some of the movies. Uh, yeah. I think I'll be getting some movies out over the next couple of weeks. I've
1: been given some, some good, some good movies to rewatch. And um, at least
0: home. Yes, you do. You need to watch Waiting to Exhale. Yes, you do. <laughs> All right, we'll share these articles on the podcast notes through social media and at the corner, our private online community for imperfect life, which you can join through our website at www.liveimperfect.com. All right, so not all female
1: friendships are smooth sailing. In fact, some of them have expiration dates on them for various reasons. So let's talk about the ups and downs of actually cultivating and maintaining female friendships. So the first question I have for you is, have you ever cut ties with a friend? What were the circumstances behind it? How did you approach parting ways? What are some of the signs that you see that female friendships are out of balance or even unhealthy? And have you ever been dumped by a female friend? And what was that like?
0: (laughs) It's a lot to ponder. Package. Have you ever cut ties with a close female friend? Yes. <laughs> I, yes, because as I mentioned before, it was a completely skewed friendship. I, I actually can vividly like recall the moment that I went, yeah, I'm done. Because it, it was an individual that all the talking was one way. And the moment that I would try and dive in to talk about something about my world or something that was going on in kind of my reality, they would either literally start talking over me or put their headphones on. So I was like, huh, does she even notice that she's doing this? And then learned that I was not the only person this was happening to. And then the, the crux of that was, and I mean, and this is in late 40s when we were i was traveling back from overseas with the intention to do something with her and while i was at the airport i got a message saying i'm not coming anymore i am going on this trip with a guy i met and i said i just got dumped for the boyfriend in my late 40s yeah i'm out (laughs) i'm totally out And I never turned back because I was done. So yes. And I literally cut ties. Like I just, I am friendly and civil with the individual, but I make no efforts to engage. Um, It's just not worth it to me. So how did I approach parting ways? was one of your questions. I I think I just let it fizzle because here's the thing, unless something was going on with her, she wasn't engaging. So So you
1: disappeared and she didn't even notice.
0: Nope, nope. So, you know, part of me chalks that up to maybe she was done with me too. So I I don't take it personally, like friends come, friends go. Timing wasn't right anymore. I wasn't the person to have in her world, but she definitely was not the person to have in my world anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my claim to fame. What do
2: you, what about the two of you? Maureen? I've never, I have been broken up. I've never deliberately cut ties with a friend. My, my very good friend in high school, we're not friends anymore. And I think that just is more of a case of we really, our paths just really went much different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've never actually said, "Mm, I don't want you in my life anymore. Yeah. person me, me doing that. I've had it done to me. What was that like? <laughs> it was pretty horrible. Yeah. 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 Was it, were you blindsided by it? I was. It was somebody who, again, I met through the workplace. So I was older, but I was in my twenties when we first met and we'd been friends for a very long time. And we were also part of a larger friend group and i lost all those friends at the same time like, like oh, she wow. decided i was she decided i wasn't a good friend she wrote me a letter that basically told me i wasn't a good friend oh wow and mailed it to me and i lost that group of friends that i thought were people i could rely on yeah so it was pretty hard thankfully yeah. thankfully my kindred spirit was around at that time and she really helped me through it so that's probably when i realized that one of the times that I realized that yeah like this is what real friendship is like yeah but yeah it was not fun but then later on her a friend that we mutually had so we had all worked at the same location in the same organization she had moved overseas for a little while and then came back and she and I reconnected and then she tried to reconnect the two of us and I just said I, yeah you know I'll, I'll be friendly but our relationship will never be what it was before. Cause there's no coming back from that. There's no coming yeah. back from being told that you're not a good friend. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is yes. true. I had a friend that I reconnected with that had moved out of the country and then came back. She and I still do stuff all the time. And every once in a while that other friend, it's actually funny, we were at an event recently where that other friend came and some of the larger friend group came too. And one of them, like, came up, gave me a hug, and I was like, "Oh, we're doing this!" Oh, oh, (laughs) you're like, "Mm, "I'm sorry, you need to earn your, you
1: need to earn that right back." I dumped twice. The first time I already mentioned when I got divorced, my best friend in the world decided that she didn't want to be my best friend anymore. In fact, she wanted to be my now ex-husband's best friend because they, and don't get me wrong, it wasn't like a, a romantic relationship or whatever. They had known each other long before I knew her, but she felt as if I was no longer the good friend that she thought I was before. Because like I said, I had a selfish time period where I was trying to discover who I was outside of my marriage. And she very clearly said, you're not there for me anymore. And you're not a good friend anymore. And I was like, I've literally been divorced or separated for three, four months. I haven't had time to recalibrate. But at that point, the relationship was lost. I, I, It hurt very badly at the time. I certainly recovered from it. I have seen her in social circumstances before, and we can be civil to each other. And that's all I need from that. We share a history. And so I would never wish anything bad for her, but I no longer feel the need to beat myself up over the loss of that friendship. Second one came out of nowhere. I'm having lunch with this person who I thought was a good friend, and I said something that should have been a throwaway remark about nothing to do with our friendship. It was about a, a particular event that happened. Oddly enough, I made a statement that I was no longer uh, pro death penalty. That's a weird thing to break up a friendship over. But I was no longer pro death penalty, and she disagreed with me, and it reached a level of she said something unkind in the middle of a restaurant and I just went what just I literally said what just happened and I got a text from her on her way home that she no longer wanted to be my friend that she felt like we didn't see eye to eye and that she had she didn't feel like she was being honest with me or herself she continued to be my friend, I recognize now that had very little to do with me and a lot to do with her own sort of mental health at the time. And I very much forgive her and, and wish her the best. And we've never spoken again. I will always care about her, but she's just in a different kind of place that just wasn't prepared to be my friend anymore. And it was literally like a breakup. It, it came that kind of suddenly and, and that was, it was just as painful as a breakup. I remember just being devastated to think I had lost that friend and it took me a while to get over it. And it was very very hard.
0: I think I've been dumped. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the two of you might know what I'm talking about, but I, I think I've been dumped in the last year. I'm not a hundred percent (laughs) sure. The question is, do you care? (laughs) I, you know, I care about this person as an individual and as somebody I've been friends with for a very long time, but I don't, I'm not feeling the loss. I'm just confused about what's happened. And so I think it's one of those things that I think might actually be a similar situation to what I did with another person, which is she went, I, she's just not really a person I want to have in my life. And then just let me go. And I went working very hard in it. So what does
1: that mean? Yeah, um, But I think I've been dumped. <laughs> oh, believe me, if you had been, I think you're probably not far off the mark on the second thing, which is that kind of, I'm just going to let this fizzle out dumping. Mine was years ago. And I still remember, I remember the thing very vividly. It was a true dumping, right? Maureen's was a kind of that with a gang uh, up. <laughs> yeah, just, and I've seen that happen and it's horrible when somebody decides, not only are they gonna cut you out, but they're gonna cut everybody out from you.
2: It also, I, it also showed to me more clearly what type of friendship we had, because if she has such control on that friend group, that everybody in the friend group is not, we're not friends anymore. Well, that's pretty fucked up that's, too. By yeah, the way.
0: that's a whole. Laura, you asked the question: What are signs that a friendship is out of balance or unhealthy?
1: I think we've already covered some things. Is if you're willing to ostracize a friend from other friends, that's definitely a sign that it is out of balance and unhealthy for sure. But also, Katie, you talked about being ignored, not being heard, and being the one who always is trying to to get heard. Maybe for yeah. me,
0: it's, I, you all know that I went through that experience, a human performance Institute, where they talk about energy management. And mm-hmm. I think after that, I've just, have, I've, I have continued to look at the world as energy investments. So where am I investing all my energy? Where am I getting energy? And where do I feel totally drained? What so just totally saps my energy. And I think for me, the signs that a friendship is out of balance is when they exhaust me consistently, exhaust mm-hmm. me. Like, be Laura, you talked about like the bank account and deposits and withdrawals, right? There are days that there are days that I'm gonna exhaust the two of you, and vice versa, and then but then there's days that we energize each other, and as long as there's this ebb and flow, and it's but there's one friendship that I talked about was just exhausting, and I'm like, I I just that's just not where I want to invest. So that to me is one of those things. I have a, a friend.
1: I still do have this friend. I'm not going to say that we're not friends. We absolutely are. But I reached a point where I needed to disengage because I found myself constantly being a, a shoulder to cry on or an ear to lend. And it wasn't, it wasn't fun anymore. There was nothing... I could, I would say change the circumstances and I had changed mine and it was scary and, and it was tough and it's hard sometimes and it's lonely, but I was willing to do it. And I found that after a while, I thought to myself, all I'm hearing is the negative. All I'm, all we're talking about is what's going wrong. All we're talking about is the things you're unhappy with. And while I love this person a great deal, and I will always consider her a good friend, I had to pull back because it wasn't healthy for me because I, I was thinking, okay, but I get up every day and think about, I'm a single person and I have to control my finances and I have to run my household and I have to, and it's hard, but I do it. Yeah. And I try to bring a positivity to my life. And every time I talk to you, there's a negative. And I can't keep saying, okay, but you could have something different. Yeah. 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 You could do something different.
0: It's being the life preserver, and there's never an opportunity to come up for breath. That's a great way of putting it, Katie. I was the life preserver. Maureen, what about you? Any additional
2: thoughts on this one? I think I'll say I'm okay with being the one that reaches out all the time and makes the tries to make the connection all the time, as long as I'm getting something in return from the friendship. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't. I know people are busy. Life happens. Lots goes on. So I don't. I'm single. I don't have kids. I have a dog. I don't. There's a lot. I have a lot more time than some people, and I understand that. But again, as long as the relationship is valuable for both of us, then I think that's okay. Like
0: how many friends do you have that sends you dad poop jokes on a regular basis? Oh, wow, <laughs> Which is as what I do to
1: Maureen. I'm
0: really hoping
1: you can only count that one on one hand. I know I, I value the weird. I value I mean, the weird.
0: If you're yeah. lucky, more, I could start sending them to you, too. <laughs> um,
1: the other weird things. That's okay. I, I feel like I'm, I'm covered. I'm good. But I agree with Maureen. And one of the things that I value most about my friendship with Maureen is the fact that we are on a level playing field. Is If I don't talk to Maureen for a week or two and I reach out, I know Maureen's going to be the same person and, and react the same way. That if I talk to her every single day, we give on the same level. We take on the same level. And, and that's one of the things that I really like is I reach out. Sometimes she reaches out. and But Maureen's right. One of the things that if I have a friend who I am consistently reaching out to, I'm okay as long as that person says, you know, I appreciate that you always reach out and says, yep, I want to do something. You're right. I love hanging out with you. I just am not great about being that person who reaches the initiator. out. initiator, yeah. As opposed to a person that I constantly reach out and I hear, oh, I'm really busy. Can we try to do that in a couple of weeks? Or, oh, I just have so much going on. Really? Because I'm just sitting around painting my nails all day. So it's the value of finding the balance, right? I have friends who are, I mean, Katie is an entire country away. It didn't (laughs) diminish our friendship in the least because we're on the same level. We recognize that there are going to be times where we're super busy, but then when effort is to be made, one or both of us is going to make it. And that's what I appreciate. She was a world away. It uh, it didn't change anything either. I heard about blowfish
0: meals. And that's what I think about. I actually, I probably, I don't know if I was dumped or not. There's another one. And it's significant. It was my maid of honor. But I was, when I moved to, to Asia, I, one of the things I was so proud about was like a year later, I think a bunch of us met for a lunch and I knew more about what was going on with everybody at that table than the people at the table knew about each other because of the way I tried to stay connected with people and vice versa. But she was just, she was just going through things. I tried to be there for her. She disappeared. I was seriously worried about her. And finally she reconnected and it was like, nothing had happened. (laughs) And it was this email. Oh, but I didn't know how to get in touch with you. And I'm like, my email didn't change. My phone number didn't change. My butt, like nothing changed. And I did the, this is you guys talking about the reciprocity is what made this pop into my head was, hey, listen, I'd love to reconnect. And I'd love to find out what's been going on. A lot's happened in my life too, but I, I tried. So it's the balls in your court, right? You know how to get in touch with me, throw me out a couple dates, times. We'll figure it out that I was still living in Singapore at the time. We can figure this out, blah, blah, blah. And I never heard from her again. And I went, yeah, all right. Sometimes things end. There's, there's an article, and we'll post this article for everybody, by Rachel Verona Cote, C-O-T-E, that talks about this exact topic. And she discusses her own journey and experience with fearing the loss of friendships and the emotions that it would bring up inside of her and the awareness that she was often looking for different things out of friendships than the other person was and how that felt. So to your thing about reciprocity, right? If you're looking for one thing, somebody else is looking for something else out of the relationship, right? Like then at some point, that's just not going to jive anymore. And her journey, she talks about building a vocabulary that allowed her to have tough conversations with her friends. And so it's really interesting, Reed, and it connects into our next segment of what we're going to talk about. So we'll post it out there. But it just, it was intriguing to see her perspective and the words that she chose to use and how she expressed that.
1: Agree. I really enjoyed it and I think it ties beautifully into our did you know of this episode I'm so excited that I actually get to be the one to say that because I've always <laughs> listened as you and Mila talk and I'm so excited that I get to be the one to introduce it Excellent. so this will where we share yeah we share some history or insight that you may or may not have actually heard before so for this ep- episode we asked did you know that friendship breakups can often be harder on us than romantic breakups so according to an article in time magazine there are five core reasons why this is first we don't know what to say there's typically a script to romantic relationship ending it's not you it's me that's a bad one but you know but often friendships often dissolve because people grow apart or circumstances create a rift we've talked about that here but there's not really a script to the, I don't want to be friends with you anymore scenario.
0: And we've learned that don't use the script of the person who wrote Maureen a letter because that yeah. the- <laughs>
1: that's a bad beer John, and I'm not having it. But you know, we also feel ashamed if we can't make it work. Oftentimes we think we're the only one that's feeling like the friendship is a mismatch and that we should just try harder to make it work. Oftentimes we think, Romantic relationships have an ending, and we understand that. We know there's the rebound guy, there's the temporary guy, whatever. We always assume once we make a good friendship, it's going to last forever. And that's not always the case. We've talked about this as part of this podcast, but we have mismatched expectations with our friends. What are we expecting to put in and get out of the friendship? What are the terms? What are the unwritten rules?
0: Which That's is interesting, interesting though, just to jump in there, when we talk yeah. about friendships in our twenties, you're my going out friend. Like I, You are the person I call to go out because I know I'm going to have a great time, but you may not be the person that I call when I just really need someone to listen or to do that. And if you have categorizations of friends and you've put people in different buckets for different reasons, and that doesn't match the bucket they put you in then that's not going to work very (laughs) well. You don't even have that bucket anymore. If you had, that's my
1: dancing friend, that's my drinking friend and your life changes and you don't even do that anymore. And that's all that friendship was built on. You think to yourself now, what, right? If if that's the only foundation that you had, or the only connection that you have, then you start to think to yourself, right. Did I have, wrong expectations those are
0: the moments that like we had a blast out dancing and then i meet you out for lunch one day and i have nothing to talk to you about <laughs> right right i would never discuss jane austen with some of my going out dancing drinking <laughs> friends are you, <laughs> you kidding me it. for us three that would be a good night out and a, drink, drink a reason to drink <laughs> oh yeah the three of us a good
1: get him get me a beer and let's talk about right the guernsey let's cover the guernsey <laughs> <laughs> or any other book that that attracts us and that's what i love about this threesome is we can throw down on books and beer so i love that <laughs> uh but you and know,
2: maybe you know, and maybe some trivia. Uh, ooh, and trivia maybe some trivia
1: Yes, yes, yes maureen is is my favorite trivia companion because she will start out the night going uh so i'm gonna suck at this one <laughs> which normally she does much better than she thinks she
2: does you were talking about we feel it shame that we can't make it work i will tell you that the breakup the friendship breakup that i had that's what i felt like oh my what is wrong with me that this Mm. happened and it actually led to some pretty severe mental health things like i there were there was some bad stuff happening in my head yeah, um, yeah. When that yeah. happens, and that's not something that I ever experienced with a breakup, like with with a romantic uh, yeah. relationship breakup. That's not yeah. ever something that I've experienced with a romantic relationship breakup.
1: Being yeah. considered a bad friend is much more painful than somebody saying you're a bad girlfriend. It seems I more mean, personal. I,
0: it, it is. Yeah. yeah. It is.
1: It 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 is. It's more difficult. That leads to. We don't know the terms of the breakup. Like, where do we go from here? Can we? uh, Maureen can't, but can we hang out with mutual
2: friends? (laughs) Right? And and, I can. Right now, yes, you can. I'm an adult. I'm an adult. I can be in the same room with people that basically told me I'm a shit person. Yeah, Uh, but I'm not gonna act like. Like, The thing is, like, I'm not gonna act like everything's okay because everything's not okay. Yeah, yeah, but I can. Be in the same room with you and not want to throw the table over and run over and punch you in the face. I
0: get that though, because I do think about a, a situation where there was a rift with a friend and there was a group of six of us that always hung out and the other four people didn't know what to do. And I'm like, it's cool. I can totally be in the same space. No, but she can't. But then that's on her. I don't know.
1: But like we were talking about Maureen and I both, is the grief process is what's completely unexpected. We go through that process of grieving like we would in a romantic relationship and sometimes even worse because it is the loss of someone close. And it is it is painful and unexpected and it can knock the wind out of you really. So there's a lot of overlap that happens <laughs> With a romantic relationship and a, because we do consider those people, as Maureen put it accurately, as our person. We use the term soulmate and we assume that it has to do with a romantic relationship and it's not. It is truly the person that feeds your soul. But I think the article's saying that there's a script for how romantic relationships end. An expectation to officially mark the end, whereas friendships are
0: a bit more ambiguous. And I think even your point about, or their point about the grief process is unexpected. Even with Mila's need to step out of this podcast and the House of Apis, I, I said to her, I, I'm totally supportive of you and everything, but I'm like, I do need a moment because I'm sad. I'm bummed. Like, I know we're still friends, but this friendship now is evolving into purely friendship, not a partnership and a friendship and those types of things. And I'm like, I kind of need to go through this thing that I'm feeling in support yeah. of you in order to be the friend that I want to be on the backside of it, um, which she you know, was totally cool about. But what other thoughts, any other thoughts or reactions to that time article? I, I think all those things made total sense to me. They really did. They really hit with me as well. And I
1: it's not even it, it's not specifically even about the ending of friendship but even just the changing of friendships. I thought you, what you pointed out was really good about you and Mila and I find it to be similar to when you have female friends who do get in a relationship or get married, the person whose circumstances don't change because Mila's circumstances yeah needed to change always has to seem to be the one to to adapt and if they don't it feels like sometimes the other person says but I thought you'd be happy for me and I thought you would appreciate that this makes my life better and that you would adapt and understand and I find myself saying it doesn't have anything to do with I'm not happy for you or I don't want good things for you but it, there's a lack of appreciation on how this impacted and that I'm supposed to just adapt and go on. Oh, go
0: ahead, Maureen.
2: I was just say part of it too, though, is I thought you would be happy for me. Maybe it just takes me a little while to get there. I have to grieve what is being lost for me. So it's yeah. going to take yeah. me a little while to get there. I'm not saying I won't be happy for you or I'm not happy for you. Yeah. But it's going to take me a little while to get there. But then again, that's I think you're right, Laura
0: a relationship, children, moving to another place. Like there's all sorts of things. I I also think, I think Maureen, you had mentioned it earlier, right? Like sometimes the paths just diverge in the forest and neither of you or one of you realizes it until you can't see each other in the forest anymore. And so I think the individual that may be very like, I, right, I met the person I love and I'm going to spend the rest of my life with them. I've been working on that path in my head for longer than the friends that are going to be impacted by my life change. And now if you only have so much space and time. For people and activities. And so clearly something's got to shift or adjust when those things happen. But I think for the individual that's initiating the change has probably had more time to think about it and maybe not in that same context. So I think you're right. And it's like a highway that
1: you're merging onto, right? Or merging that, off of or, or exiting off of. But what I'm saying is that person's already started to make that drive. And so oh, they've yeah, already yeah. made themselves accustomed and they're asking you to merge into something that's already in progress, but catch up quickly.
2: Yeah. They're already up to speed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 60 miles an hour. And you're like, wait, I was, I'm not there yet. I'll get there. Maybe make a little room for me to get there. Help me get there. And if you want me to get there, maybe they don't, maybe they've taken on this new thing and they think, okay, it's time to slough off some things and maybe- maybe that friendship is the thing, right? Well, I think that was a bit
0: about what that one article by Rachel Verona Coat was saying. There's really no great language. We know when we're going to break off with a romantic (laughs) relationship that by and large, if we're going to do it in an adult manner, we're going to have a conversation. And I shouldn't say it in an adult manner because sometimes those need to break very abruptly for safety and other reasons. Like, but by and large, I know I need to have this conversation. I'm going to think about the conversation. I think sometimes... We've, we find ourselves in a situation where we pass the moment that the conversation should have yeah. taken. And then we don't know how to go backwards. And so we just go, well, let's see if we just figure out a new rhythm kind of thing. And we don't have the vocabulary really to talk about it. And especially as you get older, I don't want to be the one, why don't you be my friend anymore? It, it, like, yeah. so how do I say this to an adult? Let me, I'm going to uh, shift us a little bit. We've shared our history with female friendships and some of the tougher side of having these friendships. For our last part of the discussion, I'd love to discuss how we've personally benefited from female friendships. And I think we've alluded to this in answering some of the other questions, but- let me, I've got a couple of questions here. So let me throw out the first one. Can you think of a moment where a friendship saved the day? Every day, all day. I
1: think what, you know, I think what, uh, I like what Maureen talked about earlier. I really liked it. She knew she found her person because that person stood by her in the toughest moments of her life. That's how friendships to me save the day. I know I've got somebody in my corner that no matter what sort of happens, those people are going to stand by me. That's For me, that's how friendships save the day is that they're just there. They're just good. There's good, strong friendships that are always going to be there.
2: Yeah. So for me, when my dad died, it wasn't, I I won't say it was like deep in grief, but it was hard for me. Like, sure. I should have been expecting it. He was in his eighties. So it was something that we knew was eventually be there soon but you want somebody around for a long time and for me at that time it was going out with actually it was Katie and Laura I think there were a couple other people that were there as well we had gone out and met at lunch you and Katie and her husband were in town Mm -hmm. um, unexpectedly and I had not like that was the first time I had actually gone out and been around people but it was because Your friendship meant so much to me that I wanted to go out and spend time with you, even though it was, I think I even said during our lunch that this is really hard for me, but I'm here. Eventually you have to get out and do stuff again.
0: And I was totally okay that you were just there. I didn't, I'm like, like, I don't need you to be the life of the party. I just wanted to see you, give you a hug, be able to see you again. Yeah. I think both of you, if I think about my answer to this question, it's a series of moments where a friendship has saved the day. But I also think it's also in those really crappy moments. I think about when my dad passed away, Laura, you go, do you want to go to a James Taylor concert? Yes, yes. <laughs> and got to spend the evening with you two lovely ladies. It was delightful. It was totally what I needed. But I also, I think of Maureen, your text message about, okay, we need to go run a mile. Yeah. i like, I do. I need to go run a mile. Or I have a friend who calls up, I swear at the perfect moment, to say, do you want to go for a walk? Let's go for a walk. It's just individuals. And I think it's almost like the, it's the people in your life that know your patterns and can read the proverbial tea leaves of I need to check on Katie. Yeah, I feel um, it. Because like, I've got plenty of people who want to go have fun with me. But I I think, especially over the last four or five years, the... It's a pretty close group of the individuals that I would say know me enough to know when to save the day, who know when to, to check in or to do something. But but yeah, the the other thing, I, we talked about this a little bit earlier. How do you seek out friendships as you get older? I'm just so bad of it. I'm also finding I'm at a weird spot that you can't find people my own age. They're either yeah. much older than me. Or they're much younger than me, and I'm at this point of, am I okay with that? Like I was okay with that before, but now I just really would like to hang out with some early fifty-year-olds, or
2: yeah, who are my
0: age. Yeah.
1: My struggle is everybody seems to be paired up. And it's hard to think to myself, I want to call so-and-so, but I know they've got plans with their family or they've got, yeah. and that, you know, again, that's, a comes with maybe the age or whatever. And you want to be respectful of other people's time and the limited amount of time that they have. So you try really hard to space it out. It poor, and she knows it, if poor Maureen were game, she would be at the brew house every Wednesday with me <laughs> getting it. She, okay. would. she knows it. Right? Every Wednesday. Yeah, or because Thursday bingo. So we would be doing either trivia or bingo to food trucks and beer. And she's, girl, we would be 400 pounds. <laughs> we cannot do it this week. And I'm like, okay, I'll stay home
0: and just eat Uber Eats. And she's good. Stay still. I'll see you next time. Well, I think that's my thing. And it's funny because one of the questions I wanted to throw out there, which is, what did you do during lockdowns to connect with your friends that you plan to continue doing? So here in Seattle, I don't have my horror film friend. Nobody that I hang out with here will watch a horror film. They're like, including my husband, which I I love horror films. Nobody you're talking to
1: right now watches horror movies.
0: I know people find me, but the, but the other thing is, right. So I've got my book club folks, but right. Like different things. So I think for me, it's the activities that I enjoy doing and finding that circle, that like, I think to me, there's the social circle, which can include your close friends. And then you've got your deep friendships. And to me, they're, those can be different. And with this being focused on female friendships, but still like, how do I even, how do I even go out? I feel like I need to go find a horror film club. That's how you make friendship as you get older. Right? Book clubs, movie clubs. It is about
1: that. Is, is you've Thanks got to find meeting. somebody <laughs> <laughs> Yeah 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 it's got common common interests with you is i i like to go to movies and sometimes i gotta go by myself because not everybody likes to go as much as i like to go and so yeah hey i'm looking for a movie friend i got
0: movie friends just not a certain
1: particular genre you sons of the bitches keep moving away every time i make friends (laughs) i'm a
0: a meander i can't i'm a nomad but so let me ask you though. So how do you let your friends know how important and meaningful they are to you? One of it is like, how do you go find friends? How do you make sure you retain them that they actually know how valuable you are to them? I hope I tell them. I hope
1: I tell them. I hope, I hope I, I'm clear. I hope that I'm appreciative. I try really hard to share things that I'm interested in. The first people I thought of for James Taylor tickets are the two people on this phone is like anything that's how I show my love language is if I see anything that interests me that might interest them, I want to share it. But I think
0: I I try to say it. I was gonna say you're really good at that. I at least I personally feel that you're good at saying here's I value you because you are blah 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 blah. I should be better at that. I'm not very good at that I will everybody has a skill set, right? Yours is that no matter how you travel,
1: all over the world, when you come home, you always reconnect. Always. Well, There's never no a time, no matter what's going on in your life, you will always say, when you're home, let's find some time to get together. And I do try, try to, to stay, stay connected. connected.
0: I, it, it was, especially when I was moving around across the other side of the ocean. I was I, It will be easier for people to forget me. <laughs> because everybody else is around. And there are people that I desperately want to stay connected with and do not want to lose from my life. And so I'm going to work very hard to make sure that distance is not a hindrance to our friendships. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you, What would you want people to, because one of the things that I think we should do is one of the asks for today is for those people that mean a lot for you, tell them, I guess you're speaking to it. Do you have to do it? Do you have to know their love language? Do they like to be gifted? I, my thing is chock full of reciprocity, right? And I don't do things for people with the sole purpose of getting something back, but I notice the void. (laughs) So, and so when people do something for me, I always want, because I'm wired for reciprocity, I'm like, oh, well, I totally want, they took me out to lunch. I totally want to take them out to lunch again or something like that. Yeah, I think
2: giving and showing your time, talent, and treasure, for lack of a better word, is how I would show friends how important and meaningful they are to me like it could be little things like a card in the mail it could be a big thing like inviting somebody to a James Taylor concert because that could be a big thing for some people it was a big thing for this me <laughs>
0: was coming to yeah.
2: town. so I think for me that's how it would be and the or yeah. just sending poop emoji with poop yeah. jokes. but
0: you said time what were the talent thing? time talent time, and treasure, talent, treasure.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I like that I like that. I, do
2: I credit you with it? Or did you get that from someone? I will tell you that it, <laughs> it comes from the annual Catholic appeal. <laughs> <laughs> occasionally something from religion resonates with me.
0: <laughs> we know that one, Katie? <laughs> That's why we <I laughs> didn't know it. That's why we didn't know But occasionally there is a morsel no. of insight and brilliance that
2: I find within it. I don't. Necessarily appreciate it as much through that as <laughs> I do through like life. using it and using it in life. That's yeah. how you should approach relationships or, yeah. You know, like
0: I like it. I like it. As we wind up today's episode, it is time for It Doesn't All Suck, the time we share a bit of good news or light news from the world. And Laura, I feel that you should get the honors with this being your first official hosting episode to impart this fabulous goodness. Thank you very much, Katie. I would be thrilled to. So for this episode's
1: It Doesn't All Suck, we share the story of Margaret and Issa. Two friends who grew up together in Scotland, worked together and eventually lost touch as they were both married, had children and moved. They hadn't talked for over 50 years when fate would intervene. Margaret's granddaughter Ashlyn had started dating Issa's great-grandson Declan and somehow the family had pieced together the connection. So for Ashlyn's 18th birthday, they had a party and invited both women to attend and created the opportunity for them to reunite after 50 years. They recognized each other immediately and spent the evening holding hands and catching up, which just goes to show you that strong female friendships can endure space and
0: time. And they're so cute. We'll put the link to the article out there, but it is so cute to see the pictures and there's even some video footage of them seeing each other. It's so sweet. So I, I, who knows, in late my eighties, some friend I thought I had lost touch with I'm gonna I I don't have grandchildren so it won't happen that way but this
2: was a grandchild and a great grandchild yeah to me that's amazing It was so cute. All right,
0: gang, that's it for today's episode. But before we go, we have our ask, that action item we encourage you to take that relates to our conversation. And for this episode's ask, as we hinted, we encourage you to reach out to those women in your life that you have meaningful friendships with and let them know how important they are to you and how much you value your friendship. Everyone likes to be reminded of how much they mean to others. So take a moment to reach out and share that. Bonus points if you send a letter because it's always nice to get something in the mailbox and it's a rare treat. Maureen's very good at that.
1: Speaking of Maureen, we'd like to give a big thank you to Maureen, our dear friend, for joining us in this episode. Couldn't think of a better topic to have you on for. Hope to have you back in the future. Any
2: last words for our audience before we wrap up? Thank you both for having me and don't forget to share your time, talent, and treasure. I like it. Beautiful. Wrap up. I like it.
0: Amazing. And a big thank you to all of you listening in. We so appreciate you coming along for the ride. Please subscribe. If you haven't also come see us on social media and www.liveimperfect.com. And if you haven't joined us at the corner yet, we'd love to see you get started at our website again, www.liveimperfect.com. That's it for now. And until next time, we'll see you at the corner. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.